Well, good evening. It's good to see everyone out. We do have quite a large crowd. And I do appreciate everyone's presence here tonight. If you're visiting here with us at Lakeside, we would like for you to know that I'm not the normal evangelist. He asked me to fill in for him, and uh, this is actually uh, been a long time coming. I've been preparing a lesson for quite some time, actually 38 years. <laughs> this is this is the first time I've ever preached, so I hope you'll uh, be patient with me. I don't think this thing's on the back. Maybe I won't need it anyway. <clears throat> All right, well, let me get this wrapped up and we'll get into it. <clears throat> All right. I'm going to read you a couple of stories here. Every day is the same. I wake up, I get ready, make my bed, and then Dad starts in. Do this, do that, say your prayers, read your Bible, love God, love others, be sure to do your best. I can't breathe. I get so tired of constantly being told what to do. When will it ever end? Will I ever be able to make my own decisions? <clears throat> Does this story sound familiar to you? How about this one? I'm so sick of my job, I feel like my boss just wants me to come to work so he can make my life miserable. My coworkers are lazy and all they do is talk about each other. How am I supposed to be a Christian with all the negativity around me? <clears throat> Heard that one before? What about this one? Ever since my husband died, my kids just don't seem to come around anymore. <clears throat> they won't return my calls, they never come to visit, and my grandkids barely know my name. <clears throat> barely know who I am, sorry. I remember when the kids were little, we'd talk about everyone's day while we ate supper. I miss my family so much. Brothers and sisters, do you get discouraged? When you walk out those doors on Sunday afternoon or Wednesday night, do you get down? <clears throat> Are you constantly finding yourself on the verge of tears erupting or erupting with anger? Well, let me assure you that you are not alone. It happens to all of us. Think about King David. David wrote most of the Psalms and was maybe the most emotional man in the whole Bible. Up and down, up and down. One minute he's praising God and the next he's asking, where, where are you, God? He feels like God has turned his back on him and claims that his life is full of depression and sadness. <clears throat> In Psalm 6, verses 5 through 7, David says, I am worn out from sobbing. All night I flood my bed with weeping, drenching it with my tears, and my vision is blurred with grief. David became so overwhelmed with sadness that he was unable to sleep. Yet... God called him the man after his own heart in 1 Samuel 13 and 14. Is one of those stories your story? Does it sound like your story? Well, if it does, let's talk about that a little bit tonight. I think generally speaking, most people would agree with me if I said when you're discouraged, you're not happy, wouldn't they? People agree with that mostly? Well, I think being happy and uh, being encouraged kind of goes hand in hand. I mean, there may be a few people out there that are happiest when they're feeling discouraged, but I bet it's not very many. We all want to be happy, don't we? Wouldn't you say you want to be happy? 
Well, I think most Christians want to be happy. And as a matter of a fact, I would go another step and say most people want to be happy. We probably would disagree with everybody in the world about what that happiness looks like, but um, I mean, after all, you turn on the internets and you're bombarded with advertisements about what will make you happy. Uh, jot it down just a few, some of my favorite. Uh, open a Coke, open happiness. Happy kids eat peanut butter. Volkswagen, get in and get happy. Or this, this was one from the 50s, I think. Showed a picture of a family and it said, they're happy because they eat lard. <laughs> you know, it's, it's no coincidence that the retail marketing giants try to convince you that their product will make you happy. We all want happiness in our lives. We pursue it. See if you recognize this. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I'd say most of you know that's from the Declaration. And the funny thing is it's, that was written back in 1776, around, around that time. That's when it was signed. And I think it's very interesting that the men who wrote that didn't put in their life, liberty, and happiness. They wrote life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. There's, there's something to that. And I actually read uh, that, uh, I think it was, uh, was it Thomas Jefferson? I think he originally had in there that uh, uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of property. And, uh, and Benjamin Franklin convinced him to change it to, uh, to pursuit of happiness before it was signed. <clears throat> and of course, if you know anything about history and how suppressive monarchies work, or if you've ever seen the movie Braveheart, you know that people want to be in control of their own destinies, and they're willing to fight for it. Just ask William Wallace. That's because it's a God-given right to us. We call it free moral agency. That's the terms we, we throw around when we're talking about the right to choose that God has given us. You see, <clears throat> the key to true happiness is not your pursuit of personal possessions or acquiring the most stuff. The key to happiness is in choosing to serve, and it's commanded of us by God. Hebrews 13, 16 says, But do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. Well, are you one of those people that just can't quite seem to find happiness? If you are, let me ask you this question. What are you pursuing? How are you investing your time? Where are your eyes fixated? If it's not on heavenly things, you're on the wrong path. <clears throat> if you're investing all your time pursuing the mighty dollar and not the mighty father, you're never going to find true happiness. Happiness cannot be uh, found apart from God. God is the Christian's happiness. And he's the key to all men and women's happiness. And he will reward us if we diligently speak him, seek him. Hebrews 11:6. If you will, open your Bible to uh, Matthew chapter 22. I'm going to read just a little bit out of there. Matthew 22, verse 34. <clears throat> Matthew 22, 34 through 40, it says, 
But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Now that's written in red letters in the Bible. Um, Larry talked about the red letter Christians this morning. If you um, have to have red letters to, to believe something that's written in the Bible, well, this one is. This, was in, this is in red, letter, red letters. You see, the key to happiness is found right there in those two verses, whether you know it or not. Two greatest commands. First one is love your God with all your heart. That means you should uh, submit yourself fully to God. James chapter 4, verses 7 and 8 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. We also, uh, under that command, we need to study and obey God. 2 Timothy 2.15 says to study and show yourself approved to God, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And we also need to pray. We found that throughout the scriptures. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verses 16 and 18 through 18 says, Rejoice evermore and pray without ceasing. And everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, second great command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you were to define that, what, what, would you, what terms would you put on that? Well, I would say we need to look for ways to serve those around us. Call and visit. Give encouraging words. He's blessed all of us abundantly with financial gain, and we should find ways to, uh, to spread that to others. Flip over to Luke chapter 10, if you don't mind. Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse 25. And behold, a lawyer stood up to him, stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? The man answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But the man, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to, Jer to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend I will repay when you come back. When I come back, sorry. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? That man said, The one who showed, his, showed him mercy. 
And Jesus said, go and do likewise. I'd like to give you a couple things to consider this evening um, with regard to the, the Samaritan, the story of the Good Samaritan. Number one, love knows no boundaries. You see, Jews hated Samaritans because they were considered half-breeds. We don't necessarily struggle with race as much today. I mean, there are people that in the world that do struggle with race, and it's still a, a point of contention, but for the most part, I don't think anyone in this room is a racist. <clears throat> um, but have you ever looked at someone who, or have you ever saw someone that looked a little different than you, or uh, maybe talked a little different than you? Maybe they didn't have as nice things as you. Did you ever sort of look at them with uh, contention? Look down your nose at them? I know I have, and that's not Christian-like of us. You have to change your way of thinking about others. Remember that they were created by God just as you are. Number two point, love knows no end. The Samaritan didn't just carry the man to the hospital and drop him off with a nurse, never to think about him again. He paid for his hospital bill and promised to come back and pay the rest when he was well. Have you ever offered to help someone but maybe put some conditions on it? I know I have. Well, I may come and help you move next weekend, but I'm not staying past 5 o'clock because I've got plans. That's not a good attitude. When we commit, we have to be willing to go the mile, go the distance with our brother and our neighbor. My final point on that is true love can only be shown in the context of God's law. You see, the problem with so many Christians is, and non-Christians is that they have the wrong definition of love. They think that if it feels good, then it must be love. They let their emotions define what love is. They think love is like an, like an accident that they can fall into. Well, that's not love. Do you know what true love is? Well, here's a Bible verse on it. 1 John chapter 5, verses 2 through 3 says, By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdened burdensome if we could read this read your story this evening how would it sound would it sound like one of those first three one that's wrapped in sadness and longing or would it be a story of optimism and zeal one where you seek out opportunities for good and true happiness a happiness that comes from serving our God and the people around us what if we were to retell those stories those first three stories with a different perspective. Maybe those stories would read something like this. I hope tomorrow is just like today. <clears throat> God allowed me to wake up. Dad was so proud of me because I had already said my prayers, read my Bible, made all A's, and I talked to someone about Jesus at school today. I love my family and I love my Father in Heaven. <clears throat> or maybe I took my boss to lunch today. <clears throat> he let me lead us in prayer before we ate. And do you know he told me that all of my co-workers look up to me because I don't talk bad about others? He said two of them had actually started going to church and that he had put my name in for a promotion. Lastly, I drove up and visited my kids today. <clears throat> Excuse me. My grandkids were so happy to see me. 
They, w they wouldn't stop hugging me. I cooked supper and we talked about their day at the dinner table. I love my family so much. <clears throat> the greatest story ever written is the story of Jesus the Christ. He obeyed his father every day. He put up with lazy people and their gossip. And he was betrayed by his closest friends. He allowed himself to be beaten, cursed, spat upon, stripped of his clothing, humiliated, and then nailed to a cross. All to give us eternal happiness. This evening, we invite you to begin a new story in your life. Make that story one of pursuing true happiness, one that overcomes discouragement, worldly pursuits, and will extend the gospel invitation to you. If you're here and you need the blood of Christ to wash away your sins, we would invite you to come forward and be baptized in the water, rising up in newness of life. Or if you've sinned in a public way and need our prayers, we also would invite you to come forward as we stand and sing the song of encouragement.